I'm telling you something, man. If we don't give to our clients, the government's going to get to them before us. And I'm telling yeah. you, we got to have those conversations. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John I. Marino, and I am joined by my colleague on the East Coast, Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks, John. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Hope, John, you're doing well. Uh, excited yeah, yeah. For, our, for our special guest today. Yes. So uh, the last couple shows, we've been really focusing on taxes. And now we're going to transition over the next couple podcasts to talking about estate planning. And we have another great guest lined up for you uh, today. We are going to be talking with Nick Narduli. He is the founder and president of Family Defined Benefits. And he has been in this industry. He first started in 1988 selling Medicare supplements. And he realized that there's a lot more to help his clients out with. And I'll tell you what, I mean, over time, Nick has forged a diverse network of associates in the industry. And when 2000 came, he established Narduli and Associates and then Narduli Tax Advisory Group, which provides comprehensive estate and financial planning services. And he has a client base of nearly 1000 estate planning clients. So you know, one thing I, I know Tommy has always said about Nick, he has never been satisfied with the status quo. So I am very excited, as is Tommy, to talk with the president and founder of Family Defined Benefits, Nick Narduli. And today's guest, the founder and president of Family Defined Benefits, it's Nick Narduli. Good afternoon or good morning, wherever you're at. Um, thanks for having me on here, guys. I always like to just have conversations with people about what they're trying to accomplish. I mean, really, I've really structured the company in the last five to six years, and Tom can appreciate this, is we're just having conversations with people, and we're having fun at it, and we're dealing vertically now with our client base uh, John and Tom, because um, I have all these clients that I've amassed over the last 22 years. And now that we're going to the next generation, we're taking it to another level. We're really now collaborators um, instead of dividers. Um, we're really finding out, and Tom's finding out too, that you know, during this COVID thing, I, it's been just wonderful uh, to really start working with families. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's about having the conversation. I mean, what do you think, Tom? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, more and more of it today is really about the family planning. Nick, you and I met, I guess it's about four or five years ago now out in Las Vegas. You were speaking at an event that I that I was attending. And since then, we've become uh, fast friends and, and, and you've helped me out a lot with estate planning for a number of my clients. And, and we're planning on actually doing some programs together in the near future. 
out here in New Jersey. And I know John would love to be able to do some as well at San Diego. But I think maybe uh, real quick, what I'd like to do is start with a basic and then maybe work our way up. So uh, I get a lot of people who say, why is it important to do estate planning? What would you say to them, Nick? I'm going to tell you something. What a lot of people don't really realize, you know, once you turn 18, you need estate planning. You know, I got a daughter that's at the University of Iowa. And, you know, when she turned 18, what was funny, I'm like, it's like, it's like building a house. You know, you got you to gotta put that foundation in or slab in and start building over time what you're trying to accomplish because nothing's static. Everything changes. And when my daughter turned 18, John and Tom, she got this real nice flat envelope and it was two power of attorneys. But for some reason, people don't realize that when someone turns 18, they're an adult legally. I get the doggone bill for the college, but I can't make a I can't make a financial decision or a healthcare decision unless she gives me authority. I mean, she has to sign this form at the University of Iowa so I can see her grades. I right. get the forty thousand dollar bill, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like people don't realize this is real stuff happening every day that we just don't take the time to do things. I tell people, I tell Thomas, I said. What makes me the most money are the non-financial things I do for clients. The financial is easy. It's this with working with CPAs and attorneys that is tough, Tom. People say to me all the time, I hear it from especially young people, I don't need it. I don't have any assets. I, you know, I hardly make any money. But you're right. And when you think about it, my daughter's in high school right now and she's two years away from going to college. And it's not necessarily the financial stuff that's the most important. But all these things are, are bricks in that foundation, like you said, Nick. Well, the system is designed, John and Tom. You know, I was, it was, yesterday was uh, 30 days since I lost my dad. I never lost a parent. But, you know, everything I've done since 1993, estate planning-wise, my mom and I were just in awe. Uh, we, we would rather have the, him back instead of the money. But, you know, it's either you fail to plan or you plan to fail. And, you know, we're winning the game. It's because. We took the time to get the family involved. A lot of people are afraid to get the children involved. And I was at an event in Arizona, John and Tom. And the first guy to speak says 83% of financial advisors that are working with your clients don't end up working with their kids. That's crazy. 83% according to Wealth Magazine. What are you doing vertically in your practice? As, As John and Tom can attest, we have to keep getting new clients, right? Their clients yeah. are in front of us. They got families. They got people we can talk to, have conversations. Because the money is the easy part. Because they'll say, once you get my legal affairs in order and all this other kind of stuff, well, what else can you do for me? And I always tell you, know, I tell this, here's my, this is my favorite line, and, and, and Tom knows where I got it from. There's been an opportunity in front of you this whole time we're going to make you aware of, and saying no is okay. But please know what you're saying no to. There's nothing wrong with that question. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and you you made a a very powerful statement. You know, when you when you came on here, and that was a collaboration. And you know, I tell people, I go, and, and I just like how you stated that. To me, the most important part of this whole thing is the plan. It's you know, a rate of return is great and all, but the massive value add that I try to improve upon every year, whether, you know, we give a family estate organizer to our clients, 
uh, which kind of says, hey, listen, if you die, this is a, a guide map. My number's in here. We want to help guide your families. And it's really about collaborating with estate planners, taxes to make sure that the money, you know, uh, that you've worked hard for doesn't go to the IRS. And, and on our last podcast, and it's funny because I got a text message and, and it was from my client who said, hey, I just listened to your podcast. Was that me you were talking about? I go, yeah, you, you, you're the silent celebrity of how, it, you know, the cost, the cost basis never got uh, stepped up by a CPA and he got a huge tax bill, you know, that we, he ended up ultimately not having to pay, but you know, that's got to do it the right way, John. Yeah. I yeah. just, read the, I mean, uh, what I, I have a lady, I just made a complaint um, to their compliance department at the broker dealer and she's in a lot of trouble because she said she was a fiduciary. She was a CFP and all this kind of stuff. And we set up a new irrevocable trust for this couple and the kids are on board. They're signing and they're going to, do this and, and actually put better control around them because the financial advisor didn't come up with it. Even the attorney at CPA told the client to do it. The financial advisor said, no. And I said, who in the hell do you think you are? I said, now I need to be released a liability because we're exempting all these assets from the government because it's going to change. Okay. And guess what? If something changes and you can't do the proper planning later on, I'm not being held liable. Absolutely. You know, it just it, it just drives me nuts, John and Tom, that these financial advisors have put so much trust in them that why, why, why is an attorney and a CPA giving these recommendations? Because no one took the time to find out what the clients wanted. Right. It's not hard to ask. Right. And, and, you know, John and I talk about that on, on this podcast all the time about how uh, everything we do is client centric, right? We're asking the questions. And, uh, you know, I was at a Christmas party not too long ago, uh, you know, this past Christmas, and uh, some lady found out I was a financial advisor and she was asking me all these questions and she wanted an answer. The question was, you know, should I do a Roth conversion? And I, I went through about 10 minutes of asking her questions. And then she started get, She started feeling like I was trying to evade her. But I said to her at the end of the day, I said, I don't know anything about you. I just met you at a cocktail party. How can I give you a recommendation without this information? I said, I, I have a feeling your advisor is not asking you the right questions. And that's something that John and I, again, we, we harp on that in, in pretty much in every podcast that we do, because like you said, Nick, that is the most important thing when you're starting out with a relationship with someone. I know, uh, you know, you guys, I actually have 1,408 clients now and Jeez. I'll tell you right now, and I'll tell you something right now, I did not take one of those clients on without doing a trust or an estate plan. I would never, I've made it my rule for 22 years. If you don't have your foundation in order, okay? And John and Tom, you've been in the industry just as long as I did. If I have the tools in my arsenal, okay, to help give you those things to help the family continue and finish the plan, and I don't make them available to you, I'm guilty. I don't want to take you on if I don't have your legal affairs in order because my mom and I were talking with my Uncle Donnie and Aunt Sharon yesterday because they came over and saw, I said, my mom's, and their one friend Angie is with another woman, and they live together, and She's got dementia. And my uncle's like, well, he's an attorney. He's like, well, I'll go, to, I'll go get guardianship over. I said, 
My mom's like, where's the power of attorney? Oh, my uncle's like, just shucks it off. And because she's like, of course, she doesn't do our estate planning, right? And I'm like, Uncle Don, if she had a power of attorney, we would have to go to court. Well, they'll, they'll usually give the family the, the, the guardianship over. I'm like, why even go through it when you don't yeah. need to? Right. It's like BS. Right. Yeah. You know, and you and you talked about, you know, and I tell families all the time, I said, probably one of the most unselfish things you can do for your kids is have a current and accurate medical directive because, and, and Nick, I'm sure with the amount of clients you have, and Tom, oh. I know you've seen this is the, the rifts and the different belief systems that go on when everyone is trying to decide the parent's medical future. Oh yeah. I, I mean, my family, I can tell you from experience, it was a, it was a battle to, to do it with my, my mom and dad. Uh, you know, I'm kind of exaggerating a little bit, but my dad just wants to be put on a raft and set on fire and floated down a river. And, and my mom would, would like to have, I guess, almost any type of extraordinary means just to keep going. Uh, so they're kind of on two polar opposites of yeah. where you are. But the, the worst thing that you could do to your family is make them make that decision for you. Because huh. then, then they have to live with the guilt, whether they did the right thing or not, for the rest of their lives. You know, it's funny you say that, Tom. You know, um, beginning of January, that's really not heard much from me because there was a lot of stuff going on with my dad. And, and when, he, when he signed the DNR with hospice and just didn't want any more things done, what was cool is he went on his terms. He died at home. All the family was around except a couple of grandkids that live out of state, but they were there via FaceTime. And he went in peace. I, I, that's the way I want to go. But, you know, my 99-year-old grandfather, when he died, he says, people don't go to a nursing home. They wake up in a nursing home. And that's the reality. I mean, I just, people don't want to have these conversations, but they got to be had. Right. You know, it's just, it's tough. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's like you said, it's not always about the finances. It's about, you know, I don't want to live the rest of my life wondering if I did the right thing for my mom and dad or if I did what they wanted me to do. Hey, mom, dad, put it in writing, and we all know. That's the worst thing you could do to a child is put that decision on them. Right. Yeah. Now that we covered some of the basics and uh, and our audience can certainly see how passionate you are about this, as we are. Lately, or or in the recent news, there, there have been some either proposed changes to estate planning or some changes um, like gifting to grantor trusts and things like that. So- yeah. Uh, within the last, say, 12 to 24 months, uh, what are the major changes that people have to be aware of that they might not be aware of? I'm telling you, what scared the living daylights out of me and my attorney. I've been working with the same attorney for 22 years, John and Tom. And this thing, this build back better, whatever BS was going on, <laughs> um, uh, was a bunch of build back and take away things. One of the things that they wanted to take away was a stepped up evaluation have trust and in 21 years instead of being perpetual. They're changing the 12 million down to 5 million by 2026. You know, and if you don't use it, you lose it. I, what was scared over the last 12 to 24 months, Tom, is this administration, I'm not going to get political, I'm going to get governmental. How in the hell are we going to pay for all this stuff we've just done over the last two years? Right. You know, I'm, I'm meeting with the CPA and the attorney Friday, and we have a big, you know, we got rid of all the gains. My dad's smallest assets in IRA, everything's in real estate, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. 
and we're reevaluating the whole portfolio as we speak right now. And we're going to fill out that 706 because, damn it, I'm going to exempt this money forever. And then the government's not going to touch it again, except the income it generates to the individual, like it would be with any other investment. I don't like what's going on, guys. And thank goodness we had two Democrats that didn't go with this bill, because if they would have gotten rid of the stepped up in valuation, I mean, just and get rid of the irrevocable trust. And I'm telling you something, man, if we don't get to our clients, the government's going to get to them before us. And I'm telling yeah. you, we got to have those conversations. We do. And they've yeah. got to be aligned the right way. I mean, that's just, and so I'm, I've had an irrevocable trust myself since May of 2005. I now have two big policies in them, Tom, that I cannot qualify for anymore because I got a healthy wife, that we're just shifting a lot of our wealth out of our names because I don't like the direction. I'm just not trying to be negative. It's just, I don't know, I don't know your thoughts, Tom. I just, I don't I, like I, I don't think it's negative. I think you're being real. I mean, listen, we have what, $30 trillion of you know debt that they they talk about, right? Not not the, the couple books. hundred. Yeah. The couple hundred trillion dollars and and we you know we don't have morons for government people we have self-serving people yeah. that are just shifting the scales for their own political gain right i mean yeah. no one i think uh, on this you know on, on the speaker end or the listener end would probably say our government officials are fiduciaries in any <laughs> sense of the word right right unless fiduciaries meant do everything that helps you so, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of concerned, you know, when, when you look back at, at, you know, how the estate is down to 5 million, it, you know, do they just stop with that salvo? Like you said, you know, they can't stop spending our money. So when does this trickle down to maybe 3 million, then 2 million, then 1 million, well, you know? I, mean, um, I live in Illinois, guys. My parents have been residents of Florida for 18 years. My dad had a company here in Chicago and it's 4 million in Illinois. Okay. And it's at 16% over, you know, my mom and dad became residents because my dad says, even though I made a lot of money in Chicago, I don't want to reside here anymore because the laws are, I mean, we're one of 11 states that still tax at the, b- below the federal level. It's New ridiculous. Jersey is too. Yeah. New Jersey's the same. And, you know, uh, John's too young to remember Nick, but uh, you and I definitely remember the old IRA excise tax. <laughs> right. So uh, back in, back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, there were if you had too much money or you were deemed to have too much money in your IRAs or, or qualified accounts, you were charged an excess tax by the government. So I could see us going back to that. The second well, thing you know, is, no, here's, here, Tom, here's what's going to happen. There's 40 trillion dollars in IRA money that hasn't been taxed yet. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been taxed. What the government's got their eye on, and I'm going to tell you this wholeheartedly, husbands and wives are, because of the unlimited marital deduction, can leave spouses any amount of money, right, without taxation, mm-hmm. okay? And when I have an advisor tell me, don't leave the trust, leave the spouse, I say, put that in writing, because when that first spouse passes away and it goes to them individually and outside the trust, I don't get a do-over to exempt those assets because of the unlimited spouse. And they go, what? I'm like, what you're saying is, if they don't want to use that exemption, that's okay. If it goes to the trust and the spouse is a beneficiary in the trust, we can use the unlimited marital deduction 
taken out of trust within 60 days of the death and reclassify it as an IRA for the survivor, which can happen without taxes. We're not giving our clients the opportunity to protect. And I'm telling you, once you pass away, you don't get do-overs. And that's what bothers me out there. People are just so callous. And then you leave a surviving spouse, Tom and John. Okay, we can get more money out as a married couple and stay at the lower tax rate. But when you leave a big IRA to a surviving spouse, whomever it may be, you leave them in tax problems because as a single person, you get less out and get to a higher rate sooner. Right. You should be tax mitigators. I mean, right. Those are the conversations people should be having. Right, John, remember, not just a few weeks ago, this is the exact conversation that we had with Ed Slot, the exact one, yeah. right, John? Yeah, I've talked to Ed about it. He's He says, get him out of the IRA. And what does he love most of all? Life insurance. There you go. <laughs> and people say I'm crazy when I talk about it all the time. I don't need life insurance. I'm, I, I'm not here to make my kids rich. And I always say, well, you, you might not make your kids rich, but but then you're either going to make the nursing home rich or you're going to make the government rich. So no, 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 what's your choice? You guys, <laughs> I, I have close to 2 million pending in premium right now. Okay. And I'll tell you the reason why is my attorney and I are sitting down with all of our clients. We're doing tax mitigation. The reason why we're doing tax mitigation is these clients have over the last 14 years, we've not seen a correction in the market. Correct. correct. Maybe a little bit correct. here and there. And it's going to correct, number one. Number two, they're not living on anything but their RMDs. And when we sit there, we tell them life insurance is not for the dead anymore. It's for the living. And it's mm-hmm. an asset. And if it's owned the right way, okay, it could be exempt forever in perpetuity. I mean, right. come on. I mean, whether they like it or not, it's one of the best asset tools you can ever have. I tell these people... You know, what has really made me very successful is you guys can agree with this. I hate the financial services industry, John and Tom. I hate it. Knowing what I know about it over my 33 years experience, I don't understand how people don't realize they're getting ripped off every day. Okay. Because I always tell clients, can we agree on one thing? Whether that account win, losers, or draws, can you agree you're paying a fee? And they always say, yeah, of course. And I say, my point is this. I want you to stay with your advisor, okay? And I don't have your advisor fire himself, okay? Because I don't want to sit here and tell you you made a bad decision working for somebody. But if you can only make it one way with the growth of the market, you got a third shot of making money. If they're making it three ways, win, lose, or draw, how do you outperform them? Right. Well, if they keep making money either way, you only make it one way. And I say, okay, I want you to stay with your advisor and I want you to take 5% out of what you're not living off of and reposition it to be qualified and create another asset, okay? Stay with your advisor. And when we get get to the point of the withdrawal, the advisor tells them they don't need life insurance. And you know what? By the time they hear that from their advisor, I'm getting the money back from the advisor because- they don't understand life insurance. And I've already educated them on the uses and shown them visually how it looks. And then I say, tell them to make good on the half a million to a million dollars we're creating for the surviving spouse. Tax free. Yeah. And they go, and when we ask them that, they go, uh, uh, 
and they go, Nick, we're moving the account. Where can we go? I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't have to do it anymore. You know, John and Tom, we always had to sit here and tell people, oh, you made a bad decision. You know what? Would you educate the client the right way, Tom and John? The, the, the financial person runs it for themselves. I think that's the best way to get the money. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I tell people, listen, you know, don't because oftentimes I've seen people, you know, get upset with themselves. I said, you made the best decision with, you know, the information and the questions you were provided. But, you know, and, and I, I agree with you, Nick, in the sense that, you know, for a lot of the financial industry, it's all about returns, 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 returns. And then when they lose the money, it's about, hey, listen, you know, that's what happens. And, and, you know, that's, that's the part of the investments. But I tell people, listen, the, the investments are such a small piece of this pie. You, you have to be diverse, not just with your investments, but, you know, asset location, you know, looking at taxes, which how many of these big firms won't even allow their advisors or brokers to talk about taxes, which I find ironic since everything we have our clients invested in has a taxable exactly. type of consequence. Exactly. But, you know, so, you, know you, said, so you, you missed something there, John. I'm going to hold you this. When they said, when you said they lost money, right? What did they lose? Not money. They lost time. Okay. My formula with moving 5% out of their portfolio makes sure if they're losing on that portfolio and I created this other asset over time that continually grows every year, I'll make sure they never lose time on their money in the eventuality of something happened to them. I right. Said, great point. I'm telling you right now, if you talk about time and not money, Tom, am I wrong? No, That's the most valuable asset. Absolutely. It's the most yeah. valuable. And it's one of the only, it's, you can't get it back. Like you said, that is the one thing you'll never get back. I won't get back these last 20 minutes. I won't get back this last day, this last weekend, this last week. You're absolutely right. Now, Nick, I yeah. know uh, you're, you're under a little bit of a time constraint. We only have yeah. you for a little bit longer. So one last thing, John, if it's okay with you, I think that I'd really like to touch on is something that our industry is starting to see uh, become more aware of, but something that Nick has been doing for a long time and I've been doing for quite a while. I know, John, you have too, which is really about legacy planning, right? So Nick, one of the things you said a little earlier was there's $40 trillion of untaxed qualified assets out there. And who knows how much of assets that out there, uh, you know, outside of those accounts. And so one of the things, uh, you know, I'll tell you, one of the best investments I tell my clients to make is having their kids buy a life insurance policy on that. It's the only way that they're going to be able to guarantee a future pot of wealth and a way to financially succeed, especially, especially after all yeah. All the things that we just talked about, you know, $30 trillion debt, $300 trillion of unfunded liabilities, tax rates that are going to be going through the roof, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Nick, your thoughts? I love it. I think it's the best bet you could ever make because you want to know something? Can we all agree all of us on this call are going to die? And when, when you die, it pays out tax-free. You got to tell me what's wrong with that equation. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, why overfund a 401k when you can overfund a life policy own it the right way on your parents, okay? And when you own it on your parents, you now own something. It's an asset. It's not, I mean, yeah. it's just, just, why are we creating assets? And we're, we're, I mean, the financial services industry is creating problems. Tom and John, there's not been one advisor out of my clients that have come in for reviews 
that their financial people have talked about the Secure Act of 2020. Yep. Haven't. You know why? Because then they have to tell them, well, what do we do to get to a better place for our kids? They can't bring it up because they're not allowed to provide solutions. Mm-hmm. When people come to us to set up a trust, what are they trying to do? Pass on wealth. We're just giving them a better yeah. tool to do it. Keep it yes. simple, man. And efficiently. Ownership is awesome. If yeah. it's owned the right way, you win. Everybody right. wins. Generations win, right? I, 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 Nick, I think you know uh, David D'Archangelo, right? He wrote that book, yeah. The Secret Asset. It's a true story. It's about his family. Over three generations, they created over $100 million of wealth. And I know, Nick, that you've done this for your clients. I, I would have to venture to guess you've, over your career, have written Tom, billions of John, dollars in death benefit. I have a running total over the last four or five years I've been really doing this. I created $83 million more of death benefits that are going to pay out somewhere down the road. Amazing. $83 million. Tax-free. Now, now, Nick, let me ask you one question in your expertise. What do you do when you have the clients that, you know, they're they're Ed Slot fans or or they've listened to the podcast and go, that's what I want. But we, you know, we don't qualify because of our health. What would you tell them? I ABC husband and wife first, B kids, second, third grandkids. We can build the policy any way we want with whole life. Right, Tom? Yes, sir. That's it. That's how you do it. Get the family involved, family defined benefits, generational planning and preserving the financial integrity of the family. If it's owned by an irrevocable trust on life for somebody else, the key is the attorneys and the carriers that Tom and I are aligned with allow us to apply a certain way and transition it back into the asset for the family um, without having to go through a lot of crazy baloney underwriting. But I'm just telling you, I've done this for a long time. And I'll tell you, tell you, John and Tom, I mean, Tom, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, ownership is the right way. I mean, okay, if you have to go to A, B, if you, if you can't do A, B, John, you know, I tell people B is better than uh, C, but when you have B, Tom, you know how to design whole life. You can do 90% base and 10% insurance and build cash value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just depending on, I mean, you always want to go A, B, I mean, A first for the parents, because that's where you get the most bang for your money. Getting the most leverage, right? Because because they have the smallest amount of time window. Correct. Right. That's how yep. you do it, John. Awesome. Uh, so, Nick, we, uh, I know you have to leave us, but uh, first we want to say thank you very much for, for taking the time, especially right. on the holiday to speak with us. Your Your wisdom is profound and um, your friendship is even more important to me. Um, you and I are going to be working together. You're coming out to New Jersey. We're going to be scheduling a couple of estate planning workshops. Yeah. So for whoever's listening out there or hears us, uh, uh, you know, let me know. You know, as soon as we have the dates, we'll be posting them. And then I'm sure John would love to have you at the beautiful San Diego as well to do some of that work. I, I just don't, yeah. I, don't like that. I don't like that 80 degree weather. I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only it was, I think, 91 last weekend. So, yeah, we've, we're on a cold spell. It's cloudy outside right now. It's 58. Sorry. Yeah. My heart goes pitter patter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I would, I would definitely love to, to have Nick out and, and, you know, Echo and Tom, if, if, you know, yeah. you're listening to this and this is something you want. Let us know. All right. I will. All right. I got a client waiting for me. So, guys, thank All you right, very Nick, much. Thanks. And if you need to talk, right. thank you, guys. Take thank care. You, and, thank uh, you.
and folks, if you have any questions uh, uh, of Nick, uh, you can reach him at info at F, D as in David, B, B as in boy, LLC.com, or give his office a call at 877-332-9747. And, uh, you know, th- this was definitely a great topic. Uh, Tom, you, you put together this show. Well done. Um, because, you know, there there are other you know, what, you know, quote unquote, non-traditional vehicles uh, that can really help you, the listener and, and our clients out. So great, great job, Tom. Thank you. Like, it, you know, I like, just like to echo that point. You know, it's so important not to just listen to the same old information that we've heard for the last 30 or 40 years that's broken and not working. If you know, if that old modern portfolio theory stuff worked, if the old estate planning ideas, you know, if they worked, then the biggest concern of uh, the vast majority of retirees and pre-retirees wouldn't be, uh, am I going to run out of money? Do I have enough money to retire on? And what's going to happen to all my money uh, for my kids, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to I don't like saying think out of the box because maybe for some people that's a, a bad a bad thought. But what I always like to say is, hey, look, we're gonna make we're gonna give you a bigger toolbox so that you can put more tools into it. And that's yeah. the way we have to start thinking. And this kind of goes back to the 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 topic that we were talking with Moro last time. And it's really about being independent advisors and having our own firms that you know aren't you know, aren't the the big name firms of this country, you know, a lot of people don't realize that the vast amount of network and resources and expertise that we have in in, in a lot of different sectors. And, and you know, to, to our listeners, Tom and I don't come into the planning saying we know everything. Uh, we know what's best. We don't need help. You know, Tom and I spend a lot of time and you know, Tom has been uh, a, an expert speaker, and I have been focusing all my time, especially during COVID. You know, just graduating my class at Yale for for my CPWA, ob- obtaining my RMA, obtaining all this expertise. But I'll tell you what, you know, in a heartbeat, Tom and I will look to other resources like Nick because at the end of the day, it's it's not you know the rate of return we're looking at for our clients, it's putting together the best team to put what's best for you, the client. And, and it's like I tell everyone, you know, understand it. And I know Tom and I both do this with our clients. Everything has a pro and a con, but it's our job to teach you what to look for. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, on this topic where they're like, man, you know, life insurance and and, and I had one client that almost got talked out of it. And here, five years later, absolutely ecstatic that they kept and 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 listened to everything and were able to clearly evaluate everything because it's exceeded, you know, their their initial thoughts on it. So, you know, I I really want to put that out to listeners that everything out there has a pro and a con, but there's, there are some vehicles and some financial instruments that, you know, are not widely talked about, but have been extremely powerful 
uh, for not only us, Tom, uh, you know, because I know you actually helped me, you know, early on design my wife and I's policies, but, right. um, you know, for a lot of our clients out there. I know we're kind of belaboring the point a little bit, but one of the things that you said as independent advisors and owners of our own shop, right? Um, we're not beholden to anybody else. We're not, when you work, when people deal with these bigger institutions, the big institutions have to control their advisors. They can't have rogue people. They can't have people, they need everybody singing out of the same hymn book, so to speak, because they need to know what everybody's doing. Like John, like you said, we have associates or, or friends or uh, people that we can go to across the country who have expertise in different areas, right? Uh, you and I are both working with someone out of Las Vegas right now to help our, help our clients with their 401k plans. I am yeah. by, by far no expert when it comes to 401ks. And so why, you know, why should I try to do that and maybe make a misstep or hurt a client? No, I would rather reach out to that, uh, to that expert and say, hey, and bring them in as part of our team, right? And, and being part of some of the groups that we're with, we, I have uh, friends that are in Canada that if I have a, a client that's Canadian, we can, we can help them. I can go to them and say, hey, how does the Canadian pension system work or the Canadian social security benefit work? We have people that we know from Mexico. Right. So if we have uh, if we have someone who comes to us as a client that is a Mexican um, citizen, like I do, I have a client that is we have these experts that we reach out to so that we make sure that it's done proper. You know, everything is in place and we're not we don't have any holes in that plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know both of us spend a lot of money belonging to mastermind groups and and really having building out that network and getting the expert uh training throughout the year and you know a lot of people don't realize how you know just how this game shifts year to year is is just like you know uh, being a big baseball fan you didn't used to see the shift in baseball and then things changed and and analytics came out and then all of a sudden one coach started doing it and people thought that was crazy until it started to work. So we're always, always trying to stay, uh, you know, ahead of the curve. And, and, you know, we talk about investments and, and, you know, in what, two weeks, Tom, we're going to be going out to a, a conference for Brookstone out in Austin. Right. But both of you, both you and I were asked to join a mastermind group with Brookstone, which is now close to a thousand advisors. And that first day that we're going to go out pre the conference, it's all going to be about advisors putting their heads together to better serve their clients. And, it, and it's not going to be discussions of, oh, what's the best you know investment? It's, it's going to be around planning because that's really, truly the power you know of the independent advisor. And like Tom said, we don't have some big, huge entity telling us to, to walk, you know, and talk a certain way um, because that's, you know, that's how you're going to do it as their employee. We're, we're in this for the value of the client. And, and like Nick said, collaborating with other expertise. And, and I tell my clients this, if, if your CPA 
or your estate planning attorney or someone is a big decision maker, bring them in. I don't want to work against them. I don't want to have this adversarial relationship. Right. If it's truly about the client and not the sale, we're going to use the relationships. We're going to develop relationships and we're going to have discussions that aren't going to be about best suiting the CPA or best suiting my practice. It's going to be about best suiting you, the client. Yeah. I mean, look, neither one of us are CPAs or attorneys, although we play them on TV. But so we're not looking to take their place. We're looking to be the quarterback of that team or, you know, in a baseball analogy, maybe the catcher, right? We see the whole field and we want to make sure that we're positioning everybody in the proper position so that uh, our defense is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to wrap this up for this episode. Great episode, Tom. And uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, as I, as we go on here, the next podcast or two, we're really going to focus on estate planning because this is an area that is truly impactful to your family. And for generations, and I, not just you yeah. and your spouse and not yeah. just you, your spouse and your children, but we're talking literally generations of people. Yes. And, and, you know, it's, it's like I tell my clients and I, and I know Tom, you know, has also said the same thing during our conversations. It's, you know, I care about my clients. I don't have a huge book. I don't want a huge book. I want clients that know that they are the client, not their money. And I want that's not only best for them, but best for their kids, their grandkids and the generations to go on, because that's, the definite definition of true wealth, and that's leaving a legacy. Right. And what I'll just leave with one last joke. Um, th there's an old saying, uh, why do grandparents and grandchildren get along so well? Because they have a common enemy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. That's true. Right. Like, uh, that's why grandparents like always want to leave money to their grandkids. They never want to leave it to their kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's, we talked about, we used to joke about that at our, at our old uh, organization. We were with three mentors, right. Right. That, uh, every, every, uh, grandparent loves their uh, grandkids more than their kids. So, all right, folks. Well, uh, thanks again for tuning in to another retire happy podcast. And uh, we look forward to talking more estate planning on our next podcast. Take care. Take care, everybody. It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973 973- 394-0623. That's 973-394-0623. And online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. And we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast.
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subjects covered.